Good morning, church. Good morning, Pathfinders. God is good? All the time? It is just so good to be here. As, as we're kind of just doing a little intro, I have a little piece of paper for all our young people, and you can determine whether you're young people or not. But it's so good to be, as you guys know, when I like to preach, I like to do a little theme that you guys get to keep track of. Last year, I preached on the word, that was close, solid. Remember that? You kept track of that word, solid. Today, what do you think, what word do you think you're going to keep track of? Game. Because the title of the sermon is, I've got game. So we're going to start, we're going to officially start right now. Every time I say the word, Game, keep track of it at the end, of course. Uh, got a little something for you if, you if you've got it all down. I've got game. Well, you know, I look at this church, and I looked at today's service, and church isn't a game, is it? But shouldn't church be just as exciting? Shouldn't our young people want to say, Mom, Dad, I can't wait to go to church? Amen? If we're not having fun in the Lord, then I've got to say, there's something wrong. Because if church isn't at the most exciting place, and I know what you're thinking, no, oh, maybe it's the Laker game. Maybe it's the baseball game. And I kind of, laugh at times because I know that a lot of Christians and Adventists love watching the Laker. And I watch them when they watch the Laker. I'm a Laker fan, see, so. When they watch the Laker, they get all excited, they all jump up. And then when it comes to church, it's like, hallelujah. I can't raise my hand and praise God. And I'm going like, man, no. When we get to heaven, I can imagine not just a few trumpets, yeah, hundreds of trumpets, hundreds of clarinets, plus the orchestra, plus the strings. Is heaven going to be an exciting place? It is. And I bet you that our young people up in heaven wouldn't need to have a doodle bag, wouldn't need to have a game bag, because church is going to be so exciting that they're going to be there sitting in the front row, and I bet you you won't even look at our watch. We've been listening to God for, for four hours? Is he ending now? Not hungry yet. But don't worry, we won't go past 1.30. <laughs> I don't know, when you start to walk up, I go, oh, it must, be, it must be that time. But no, it's so good to be here with you guys today, to worship our God. To be still, to be joyful, to be excited. Because our God is an awesome God. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Father God, just be here and let our hearts soak up with joy. Let us be filled so that we will know that we serve an awesome God. At the same time, Lord, let this servant disappear so that they don't see him, but they see you and hear you. In the loving name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
growing up, I love playing games. Don't you? I love playing games. But today, game, game playing is a little bit different than when I was growing up. Because now we've got the Sony Playstations, right? We got the Nintendo games. You know, back then we were lucky if we owned the, the most latest gadget. And I remember the latest gadget when we were growing up. It was this game called Atari, a little Pong set. You know, and you move this little dial. How many remember that one? You move this little dial of ping pong. And it was just the most exciting thing to see that ball go back and forth and to block it. I was like, wow, that was so... Yeah, you're going like, what is he talking about? You've never played it? Well, you, you know, the little thing that you're, you're blocking back and forth? You know, it was just so great. I know. And now it's what? We. Yeah, I just love watching that Wii. I, I got to play one time, you know, and I just love them playing on that at tennis, you know. And I, it was funny because I played it at my um, my uncle's house, and they had this Wii. And, I, you know, I played a little tennis. So, you know, I got the tennis thing, and I'm going like this, and going like this, and I'm playing. And, and, and my, my little niece says, I'll play you. And she goes there, and she goes, and she whooped me. And she wasn't even moving around. So I go like, oh, so much for exercise, you know. But... My favorite game when I was growing up was, was actually, um, I love playing table games. It's a lost art that we need to bring back. And, and I loved the game of Monopoly. This was just one of my favorite games growing up. Because something that you guys didn't know, I, I'm, before I became a pastor, I was, was a, an accountant, CPA. And I still am. But uh, so it's tax season. So if I look sleepy, you can understand why. I love playing Monopoly. And if you guys ever play, how many guys play Monopoly here? Oh, there you go. You know, you know it is. The object of the game is to what? To monopolize everything, right? To get as many cities that you can get and build houses and homes and be the master of the board. In fact, when I was in junior high, I remember my best friend and I, because we didn't have all this stuff, we just sort of played this. We played it a few times, like 50 times in one summer, and just over and over and over. And, and we would run out of money, so we would create money, like break-off sticks, and so it's like, this is 500, and this one's a 10, you know, because we, we just mass amount. But you know what I learned? I learned that no how much I win. No matter how many hotels I've accumulated, no matter how many houses I've built, when it's all said and done, it all goes back in the box. Isn't that true? Whether you win or lose, it all goes back in the box. And I begin to realize that sometimes life is sorted that way, isn't it? That no matter how much homes you accumulate, how much money you put into your bank account, how many titles you have after your name that when it's all said 
and done, we all go back in the box. Yeah, except we don't call it a box. <laughs> we call it a what? A casket. A coffin. We all go back in the box. So I got to ask myself the question, in the game of life, how do we play it so that it makes a what? A difference. That in a game of life, we play it so it counts. And then I look at the world and I say, does the world play the same rules that Christians do when it comes to the game of life? Do they hold the same value as we do when it comes to the game of life? And today, for the next few minutes, I just want to cover four areas that I want to look at as we look at the game of life. And the first one that I want to cover is the letter E. And E says, in the game of life, eternity is the goal. Now I want you to turn with me, if you've got, if you've got your Bibles here with, with you today. Because you know, what I have to say is nowhere as important as what God has to say. Amen? Amen. Amen. What God has to say has got a lot more important than what I have to say. So let's, let's look at a little bit of what he has to say. Let's look at in, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. And I see our pathfinders with their Bibles, and that's awesome. So can I have a pathfinder read verse 24 for me? Is there someone that wants to volunteer? Okay, I'll read it out loud if you guys are a little embarrassed. But I'm going to read it and later on as you brave enough. It says, you know that in the race, all the runners what? Run, but only one gets the prize. So run to win. All those who compete in the games use self-control so they can win a crown. The crown is an earthly thing that lasts only a short time. But our crown will never be what? destroyed. Our crown will never be destroyed. I've got to ask you, eternal or temporal? One of the things I get to do as a pastor that I don't always enjoy, but it's where I think is one of the most critical part, is as a pastor, I typically get called all sorts of times. One time I got called at midnight and said, Pastor, can you please come to the emergency room? So-and-so is sick. So-and-so got an accident. Or, Pastor, can you please come at 7 in the morning? Our little daughter is having a heart surgery. Or, worse yet, Pastor, can you please come to our house? Our father is dying. And, and I don't necessarily look forward to these, but I know that they're important. 
But you know what I you know what I've learned over those years? I've never visited someone who was dying where they would say to me, you know, Pastor, I I wish I wish I could have I wish I could have bought another house. No one's ever said that to me. Uh, or something like, Pastor, I, I wish I could have earned that other degree that I wanted to do. Or, Pastor, I, I wish I could have just a little bit more money that I could leave behind to my kids. I, I've never been beside a person who's actually said those things. I could be wrong. One day someone may surprise me. But you know the things that I hear that people tell me? They say something like, Pastor, I wish I could have spent more time with my kids. Or, Pastor, I wish I could have lived my life just just a little closer to God. And so, I ask myself, in the game of life, what truly counts? Is it the eternal? Or is it the temporal? Is it long term? Or is it short term? And when we play that game, ask yourself, what really matters? What can we take with us after the life here on earth? And I got to tell you, you know what we can't take with us? We're not going to take with us our Nintendos. We're not going to take with us our Sony PlayStation. We're not going to take with us our Lexus. And we're not even going to take with us the homes that we've accumulated or the title after a name. You know what we're going to take with us? We're going to take with us the relationships that we've made with people. We're going to take those with us, aren't we? We're going to take with us the, the, the love that we have done to others. We're going to take that with us. Because in heaven, they're going to remember those. We're going to take with us the character of who we are. We're going to take with us when it comes to heaven. So in the game of life, what is it? Eternity is the goal. And then, M. What do I find out? More will never be enough. And I've got a little game here because I got a little too serious. I'm sorry. I said church was going to be fun and here I got a little serious. So, you know, we're going to do a little something here. I need about six kid volunteers. Oh, lots of hands. Okay. Six kids. Okay. So I'm going to name six. I'm going to name six. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. Stand up. Stand right up right there. Here's the first thing you're going to do. The six of you. Pair up. Pair up.
pair up, pair up, pair up right here. Come out right here. And so because we're talking about a game, we're going to do a short little game. Oh, did I pick, how many girls did I pick? Two and four boys? Oh, okay. So one, two, and you guys get to pee. In the count of three, we're going to play a quick game of rock, paper, scissors. Okay? And you're going you're gonna to challenge him, you're going to challenge him, and you're going to challenge him. Ready? One, two, three. Who won? Whoever won. If it's a tie, you got to do it over. Okay? Two. Okay. So who, whoever, whoever didn't win, I notice I didn't say. Anyway. Whoever didn't win, have a seat. <laughs> and, 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 oh, you know what? I, I've got to, I'm going to be fair here. No, we'll give it to you afterwards. See me afterwards. And who are the three winners? Okay. You guys get to be right here. And here it is. You have a mission. I love blocks. So here's your mission today. You get to build, I'll be careful here, the tallest tower that you can without it falling over. The one with the tallest tower wins. Okay? And you're going to be given about a couple of minutes, so we can, don't have the whole time. Now, remember, it's not a rush because the, the object is to what? What's the object of this game? Get the tallest tower. Ready? And go! <laughs> now, here's the other rule. You can, if it falls once, you get one bad. If it falls once, you can correct it. Oh, but a single one. Single tower. Sorry, I should have. And it's a single tower. If it falls once, you get to correct it once. And then after that, it's, it's over. It's over. While they're doing that, and it's got to remain standing, by the way, okay? While they're doing I'm going to tell you a story about a little turtle. Because I saw some little kids. Where's my little kids? I saw some little kids out there. Remember the little story of Yertle the turtle? Yeah, remember the Yertle the turtle? Yertle the turtle was a turtle. <laughs> Yertle the turtle was a turtle. And Yertle was king of the what? King of the pond. Remember that? He was king of the pond. And one day, your little turtle was kind of looking up at the pond and saying, he saw, he saw a little thing, and he goes, wow, I wonder how my kingdom looks like. So your little turtle comes, and he, he swims out of the pond. Remember that? And he begins to look around, and suddenly he maybe sees like a, a rabbit hopping by, and he goes, I want to see what the rabbit sees. So what does he do? He calls what? Pause right there. Continue the story, and then I'm going to let you finish it. Pause it right there. Make sure it's standing. Careful, careful. Don't. You hold it, hold it, if you need to. Don't let it fall. Don't let it fall. Don't let it fall, okay? Okay. Now, try to see if you can get it all the same height right now. Pretty close? Yeah, pretty close. Okay, hold it right there. Don't let it fall. Don't let it fall. Okay. Your little turtle says... I wonder what my kingdom looks like. So he, what does he do? He calls another turtle. So another turtle comes along. He gets on top of the turtle. And he looks. And he looks around and he goes, oh. And then maybe he sees another animal, maybe like a dog. Someone a little taller. And he goes, I want to see what he sees. So what does he do? 
he calls another turtle. So he gets two or three more turtles, and he gets up on top, and he looks and he goes, wow, wow, look, at how, my, look, how, look how far my kingdom goes. And so he sees another animal. Maybe this time it's an elephant. So an elephant comes along, he walks by, and he goes, I want to see what the elephant sees. And so what does he do? Calls some more turtle. So the more turtle comes up, he begins to what? He climbs up, he climbs up, he gets up there and he goes, wow, look at all that I own. Don't let him fall. And he looks around and he goes, woo. And he says, then a giraffe comes along. I want to see what he says. So he, go, so he climbs up some more. And then he's looking around and then he looks at the mountain and he goes, I want to see that. So he piles up some more. Finally, when he thinks he's really tall and he sees everything, you know what happens? A bird flies by. He goes, wow! I want to see what that bird sees. So he calls more turtles. He starts to climb up. Meanwhile, at the very, very bottom, yeah, you know this story, huh? At the very, very bottom, there was this poor little turtle who was down at the bottom with all of this weight up on top, and the turtle was going, oh! And the guy goes, what are you doing? I've got to sneeze. He goes, you can't sneeze, but i got to sneeze. If you sneeze, we're all going to fall. Okay. So he goes, he goes, he goes, don't sneeze, okay. And then he goes, don't sneeze, okay. He goes, And you know what happens. All the turtles fell. And I begin to realize that as these buildings are going, we're going to see how much this little yurtle, the turtle, how tall can yurtle go? Okay, he's stopping here. You ready? One, two. Can you stand? No? So you better fix it. You better, you better fix it before it stands. You better fix it. You better. Oh. Huh. Now, let's see. So far, you're winning. You're winning. So are you guys satisfied? You going to let him win? You going to let him win? No? Well, well, then let's do something about it. Yeah, that's actually whoever wins gets Yurtle. That's the closest thing I got to the turtle <laughs> on top. There's Yurtle, the turtle. Oh, you're not done with yours yet. No, stop. Stop right there. Let's see if they can. If they can. Okay. Oh, wait. See? Don't be greedy. Okay. Now, now you can't hold it anymore. You just got to let it go so far. What's your name? Grant, Ruthie, Ruthie? Josh. Josh. Okay. Oh, you're about the same height. Stop right there. Oh, sorry. I think yours is gonna go. Let's see. <laughs> you're a wise man. You're a wise man. Did they do a good job? Okay. We're gonna give them a big hand. But here's the final thing. Let's see. Whoever can put three more on top wins. Ready? I'm gonna give you guys. 15 seconds, 15, 14, 
13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, <laughs> 7, <laughs> he's being a smart aleck, 6, <laughs> 5, <Dang it>. 4, <laughs> shh, this is church, <laughs> 3, 2, 1, let it go. Oh, there you go. You gotta let 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 go. What lesson did we learn? No matter how high you go, doesn't really matter. You'll eventually fall. You see, the world says the secret to happiness is to get more. Isn't it? If only I can have more, then I will be happy. But the Christian says, you know, more will never be enough. I've never met someone that says, oh, you know what? I think I've made my billion and I'm good. You get your billion? Guess what do you want? Another billion and trillion and something. More will never be enough. So is there a secret to life? I think Paul was a smart man. In the verse today, look at what Paul says in Philippians chapter 4. And, and I love this. This is a key text that I put in my life. Young people, turn to me. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. And if you haven't highlighted this passage in your Bible or marked it up, this is a good verse to mark up. Here it is. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. I am not telling you this because I need what? Anything. I have learned to be, what's the word? Content. I have learned to be content with the things that I have and with everything that happens. Wow. I know how to live when I am poor and I know how to live when I have plenty. I have learned the secret of being happy at any time in everything that happens. Secret to happiness is to learn to be what? Content. Content with whatever you have or content with whatever God allows to come in your life. Whether I'm rich or I'm poor, I can learn to be happy. You know, there's a saying that says, in life, pain is inevitable, but misery is optional. Pain is inevitable, but misery is optional. And in our married life, conflict is inevitable. Some of you guys are smiling. But you know what I'm going to say, but misery is is optional. Here's the thing. Mark Ork, John Ortberg in his book says this. He says, 
the, there's two ways to be rich. You can have the richness of having or the richness of being. And the world thinks that the way the secret of happiness is by having the richness of what? Having. If I can only have this, if I can only have the latest iPhone, if I can have the latest iPod, if I only I can have the latest Nike shoes. I was walking around yesterday, and I'm driving around one night, and I see this group of people that were lined up. They were lined up at something like 11.30 at night. So I went in there, and I said, what are you guys lined up for? And he goes, we're lining up to get the latest game of Smash Brothers. And I said to myself, are you serious? Are you serious? They were lined up for when the, mo- the store opens in the morning to get the latest game of Smash Brothers. And the world says, you know, if I could only have that, then truly I will be happy. But you know what? Let me ask you today. The people that have those Smash Brothers, I went to Sam's Club and he goes, what's the big deal? It's right here. Lined up. I'm right here at $42.99. But do you think they're sitting at home excited and say, I'm the most happiest person in the world because I have the Smash Brothers? That's right. It's, it's interesting because us guys, we fall in that, that trap with the latest techno thing. You know what I'm talking about, guys. You know, when the iPhone comes out, it's so cool. You know, and, and now and now it's 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 the new the latest craze, the laptop that you could just move the thing on, and now it's it's the thinnest laptop, you know, just a just a real thin one. Yeah, we know it is. And you can say, if only I can have, then I'll be happy. But you know what I find out? The richness of having does not necessarily mean being happy. But John Orkward says it's the richness of being. You don't have to wait. The, the B word. Eric, today is B. Orkward says, you know, right now I can learn to be content. I can learn to be joyful. I can learn to be grateful. I can learn to be thankful. And when we learn that it's about the richness of being and not the richness of having, then we can truly say, you know, more will never be enough. And finally, we get to the third letter as we're moving along here, and the letter A, in life, attitude counts. In the game of life, attitude counts. You know, and young people put it this way, and excuse the term because it's church. When you say to someone whose attitude isn't very good, and you say, you know, your attitude... Yeah, I know, we didn't want to say it. (laughs) Your attitude stinks, for a better word. Because you know what you guys say. But when your attitude stinks, then life stinks, doesn't it? When your attitude stinks, your life stinks. But here it is, attitude. How do we base our attitude? Did you know that oftentimes the world bases their attitude on how they compare themselves with the other person? Young people will look at another person and they say, okay, am I better looking or not as good looking as that other person? Do I have better clothes or not as good clothes as that other person? Am I as popular 
or less popular as that other person. And if it sounds like I'm picking on them, then let's pick on the adult side for a second. You know what we do here. Do I have a better car or a not better car? Do I have a better house or a not better house? Do I have a better title or a not better? And we tend to treat people based on putting them in our rating scale or based to us. And this is why it's so sad, because we realize that when it's all said and done, we all end up in the same box. Maybe that's the reason why when you're driving down the street and you see someone holding a sign at the corner street, you know what we do. You're going like this, Lord, please keep it a green or if I'm going to stop, let me stop now. And, and if it so happens that we, if it so happens that we stop right there at the intersection where that person is, you go, oh, I got to play with my radio. <laughs> got to look at my cell phone. As if it just kills us if we just simply look at them and smile. Because you see, just because they're homeless does not make them any less of a person than you and I. So what does it hurt if you open up the little ashtray and take some of the coins that you put there and give them a couple of coins? What does it hurt if you plan ahead and you say, I'm going to keep some things in the car, maybe like a sandwich or a drink or something, so that when they come by, I can say, here, want a bag of potato chips? Want an orange? Want a banana? It's interesting. I've never stopped where there's a homeless person. One time I gave him a banana and I said, I know this guy's going to tell me, a banana? Are you serious? I, I said, that's what I guess this guy's going to say, right? So I rolled down my window. I, I took my banana and says, you know, and I says, here, a banana. He goes, thank you. God bless you. I wanted my potassium for the day. <laughs> and I just had to laugh. But, you know, I've never seen a homeless person say, are you serious? This stinks. I can't believe you're just giving me this. I can't believe you're only giving me 50 cents. You know what they always say? They always say something like, thank you, God bless you. And you know what I believe? I believe that when a homeless person says, God bless me, I actually really believe that God blesses me. I actually really believe that that homeless person, when he says, God bless you, that he really does and that God really does. And if you think I'm kidding, we just have to look at the Bible. Because the Bible says, if you have done it to the what? To the least of these, my brothers, you have done it unto me. And so for every person in that homeless, when he says, God bless you, you know who that's saying? That's Jesus saying to you, God bless you. God bless you, and God bless you. You see, on this earth, attitude counts. 
And it's not what we have that matters. Ultimately, it's who we are in Jesus Christ. And this leads us to our, what do you think the last letter is? What a surprise. <laughs> I thought, I didn't see that coming. G. The most important thing in life, and you could always already hear this, is in the game of life, God is what? First. In the game of life, God is first. And my favorite verse, and I don't even need to turn it because you know it, is found in Matthew chapter 6, verse what? 33. And it's very simple and you can repeat it with me. It says what? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be what? Added unto you. But you know, you guys said it wrong. The Bible actually says, seek ye second, right? Seek ye third? He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. But did you know that that's a promise? He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and what? All. Oh, no, 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 no. We got that wrong. Some of these things shall be added unto you. No? What does it say? All these things shall be added to you. But here's the problem. When we use the word all, they say, hey, Pastor Vitek, does that mean I can ask for all the money that I want? I can ask for all the things that I want? No. Because we just learned that what all says is that God is going to give you the richness of heaven. He's going to give you the richness of what? Being. And when he says all these things, God says, you know, today... I can give you contentment. Today, I can give you joy. Today, I can learn to teach you to be thankful. Today, I can teach you to be grateful. All these things shall be added unto you. God's going to give you the things that you need, not the things necessarily that we want. Because the things that we want may not necessarily be the best for us. I'm a Filipino and so for us, some of the things that's really important is rice. Rice. Rice is really important to us. You know, and, and for Filipinos, rice is the essence, the fun, the things of life. And, and, and the world says, you know, you want to have fun? Eat dessert first. You know, have fun first. Do all the things that... I'm going to bless this church with rice. Do all the things that give you fun, that gives you joy and excitement. Do all of that first. And then, when you're all said and done, go ahead and add in all the things you have to do. Got to go to work, got to go to school, got to do your to-do list, got to buy this, you got to, um, you know, your task list that you have to do every day. You know, what are all those task lists that you guys do? Got to practice your piano, got to uh, study for your homework, got to do all of that. And then if you have time, you, not, that's you, number one, 
And God, number three, can hang out and spend time with each other. And so, uh oh. doesn't work. But that's why the world has got its philosophy upside down. And God says, you know, if you're going to do this, do this right. The Bible says, seek ye first. So if we did this the right way, then, then the way that should really happen, it says, hey, God, I want to put you first in my life. And that means, young people, putting God first in my life means when you wake up in the morning, you say, God, you and I, you and I need to hang out. You and I need to spend time together. You and I need to open that word so I can hear what you want me to do today. You and I, we need to hang out and bond. This is what the Sabbath is for. That's just you and I. And when God says, when you and I have got together, God will tell you, what are the important things in your life? And so you say, hey, I know what the important things in my life is. It's family. It's my marriage. It's being a, a good kid. It's my homework. It's my studies. It's my panel. And all of these things. It says, these are, these are the important things in my life. Oh, but wait. Still more. God says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things shall be added unto you. You know, I begin to realize that when I put God first and I put all the others second, then, then, then he begins to tell me what true joy is. He begins to tell me what true happiness is. He begins to, to, to let me have the true fulfillment of life. And, and just when I think I've had enough fun, he gives me more and more. And all of a sudden, the Bible says true. That when you put God first, he says, all of these things are added unto you. But it only works when you put first things first. Stephen Covey says, put in what's most important and the rest will follow. And you know, this is a good lesson to learn when you're still young. This is a good lesson to learn if we've forgotten it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. In the game of life, I've got game. It tells me that what I've got to remember is I've got to have God first. That my attitude counts. That in the game of life, more will never be enough. Because what truly counts at the end is eternity. Let us pray. Father God, today, as we leave this place, turn us upside down and allow us to realize what is truly important in our life. And may we live our life accordingly. In the loving name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.